we're not going to give away who we think is coming on the show. But Joe, how many times have we talked about something and then it pops up? It, oh, it's, it's bizarre. So weird and and random. And I literally was just watching some of that guy we're we're talking about some of his video. Yeah. Hopefully, yeah, it'd be cool if uh, if if uh, that happens tonight. So I'm looking forward to that. Randomly coming on, nothing to do with what we were talking about. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was. It was a totally random part of the show. Just uh, started talking about it. And I brought that specific guy up in yeah. the conversation to make a bigger point about whatever we were talking about that night. Yeah, it was weird. <laughs> I know. And uh, Jedi, you know how we were talking about climate change last week? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And Joe... Yeah. I was thinking about this after. She doesn't really understand it like we do with where we live. She lives in a warm climate. It probably doesn't affect her as much as it exactly. does here. So I don't but, I don't really feel understand the full scope of snowing 10 inches, right. one inch or whatever. <laughs> but what I was going to yeah, what I was going to bring up yesterday, Joe, it was 17 degrees warmer at my house than Jedi's. I don't know if you know that Jedi. It was almost 70 here. No, I don't check the thermostat. <laughs> <laughs> so they so don't Je even care because it's always nice exactly I, I know so jedi it was almost 70 yesterday joe tell her about tomorrow uh we're getting another snowstorm <gasps> oh my goodness do you have toilet was, paper jedi i dropped my kids <laughs> off at school yesterday and i was like oh i and i looked down at, at my phone and i was like it's gonna be 65 I'm going to take their coats off them. Like they didn't have coats yesterday. Today, coats, they already canceled school for tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, yay for them. Yeah, they're excited. <laughs> oh, you got you guys out on February vacation this week, Joe? Is it next week or something? We had a short one. It was last Friday, Monday, and Tuesday of this week. Oh, really? That's all they do is like a long weekend around there? It's one of those things where around here, everybody goes on April vacation. Yeah. And so they take days away from... And they start with February vacation because nobody nobody here cares about that. But there's been whole school board meetings where yeah. people are like, I booked this vacation two years ago. And like my kid's not going to. And like so many kids are going to be out there like, all right, we'll just extend the school year. And so to avoid that now, they uh, they just always take snow days out of the February vacation. That's the complications, right. Jedi, that you don't think about of climate change. <laughs> Very true, very true. Jedi, do you like living there, or would you like the seasons? What, what do you think? I love the beach. I'm a beach girl. I could go to the beach every single day. So uh, being cold, that's not my thing. <laughs> Dude, it's hard. It's hard to tempt somebody who's lived in paradise most of their life to be like, what do you think about, like, 10-degree days, two feet of snow? <laughs> nah, I'm good. Yeah. 68 yeah, is cold to me. 68. Right. Right. <laughs> Jedi, we were in shorts yesterday. 68. We were like, yeah, beautiful day. Yeah. I mean, right in the grand scheme of things, that's still freezing everywhere else. Yeah. Jedi, I saw the high where you live was 52 yesterday. I know, right? And that's freezing, man. I had like two blankets on. <laughs> <laughs> I know. The other thing I wanted to bring up, I, I texted both of you guys. I thought it was so funny when I went to the movies and all the prices were like three seventy five for this, five fifty, and then it said exact change only. We do not give change. Have exact change ready. I thought that was bizarre because my order was like twenty two eighty seven. You know what I mean? You have to use a card or nothing. <laughs> but that's what they're saying, right? That they're saying that there's a coin shortage. How do you guys feel about that? 
I don't understand how there's a coin shortage. I don't I mean, either. doesn't every <laughs> cash register open up in the morning with cash in it and yeah. change? Like, where's it going? You're giving it to people. So it's in circulation. So I would think we would have the exact opposite problem. They should encourage people. There should be a cash line and a card line. Hmm. Then you have to employ another, employ another uh, person to work there. Yeah, to unless me, you make the make card any. guy just do it himself. <laughs> yeah, there was there's a self checkouts everywhere now. It does a Cumberland Farms so near much. me. Everywhere self checkouts. Yeah. I was at CVS two days ago. There was a register like for like three people, but only one person was working. And then there's two new self checkouts, and the woman at the counter was waiting on an older woman, and she looked at me and she goes, "Sir, the self checkout line is open." Yeah, I'm like bitch. Do I look like I want to do some work this morning? Yeah, you do it. I'll stand here for like another thirty seconds. Give me a break. Do it myself. No thanks, but no thanks. Did you see? I think it was about a year or two ago, and Rex Chapman was going through the self checkout at the Apple Store and stealing all sorts of stuff. The former NBA player. I did not see. that. Are you serious? Apparently, he's fallen on hard times. Why was he doing that? Yeah, he's so like. He stole like two thousand dollars worth of stuff, but why would you have a self checkout at the Apple Store? That doesn't seem like a good you're idea. Asking for it, yeah. <laughs> you are. Yeah, I thought all those things were like demos anyway. They wouldn't work outside of Apple Store. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what you can take. That's probably true, and just makes the crime even dumber. <laughs> <laughs> Where were you going with those demo models? I don't know. I don't know. Um, Joe, a guy at UPS, this was probably eight years ago. He has a great job, great pension, everything going for him. And he couldn't resist the temptation to steal an iPhone from his truck and give it to his daughter. Oh my his, daughter turned, her, his daughter turned it on, activated it, and the police showed up. He lost his job, his pension, everything for a $1,000 phone. I don't get why people do that. I mean, they have everything and risk it all for something stupid. Yeah, I go know. big or go home. If you're not like, if you're not somehow skimming like 500 grand or more, not worth it. Yeah, exactly. Because 500 grand, you could vanish. You think With so? That. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 500 grand. Absolutely. You know what you do? You move to Costa Rica. Nobody would know where you were. You With 500 grand, you could live like a king for the rest of your life. Go build a house for like 20 grand. Not nice with those uh, global entry passport requirements nowadays. I mean, well, don't do it now. Anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when the pandemic's over, I mean, yeah. you make your move after the pandemic. But, dude, I knew a guy who literally moved to Costa Rica, lived there for like 20 years, and was basically just off the grid. Yeah. Oh, that sounds like a fantasy of mine that I want to live, you know, know. by the beach in a van. This guy had a nice, (laughs) a nice two story house right on a beach in Costa Rica. And I mean, was like just off the grid. I don't know why he came back to America, but yeah, Joe, when you were saying how you could just leave, um, I I follow a lot of poker pages because I like looking at the drama, just all people scamming and stuff. Do you know what it means to stake a player in poker? So that would be like, say I'm going to play in a $10,000 event, right? You mm-hmm. give me five grand and I'll give you 50% of the winnings. So what some people do is they'll overstake themselves. Say an event costs 10 grand, they'll get 20 investors at $1,000 each. So he'll get 20 grand, but all the investors don't know about other investors and he'll just bust out of the tournament. 
and he'll make 10 grand. He oversells oh himself. So this guy did that. And all of a sudden in the tournament, he started accumulating a giant stack. And he's like, oh, I if I win, the amount I owe people is more than what I'm going to win. So he just was like, I'm going to win so much that I'm just going to leave anyways. He ended up winning the tournament for like $1.2 million. And all his investors quickly found out that he oversold himself and he couldn't pay him. And he was probably just like, uh, who cares at this point? I'm a millionaire. So yeah, who ratted him out though? Like, I think a lot of people in the poker community said, look at this guy. He's like at the final table and I own 10% of him. And then someone was like, I own 20%. I own 10. And the math didn't add up. He kind of oversold himself to make a quick 10 grand. Yeah. So the world is full of scammers and stuff. We have to do a show well, he, on scammers. He's, he was just pimping himself out on the poker table then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's up, Morks, Crimes, Conspiracies, and Beyond? Today we're doing the Beyond part, and I'm so excited because I always wanted to learn more about this. We'll be talking about NFTs today. We have two special guests. If you folks remember, Hugh Benjamin, we did a show with him on crypto mining. And with him, he has brought the founder and creator of Apocalyptic Apes, 50 ETH. So yeah, thanks for coming on, guys. This is uh, really exciting because Jedi and I we talk about NFTs all the time. How are you guys? We're doing awesome. We're doing pretty good. <laughs> why, why, we, is it, um, why is it that white people always call me fifty? I'm fifty. Fifty. Do you want to do it again, fifty ETH? Yeah. Fifty ETH. Thank you. And you're uh, you're right side up, unlike fifty on the halftime show last week when he was upside down. <laughs> yeah. That. Oh, wait, I apologize for that. Yeah. <laughs> so we did a show last week on the metaverse. Before we get into all this NFT stuff, I'm guessing you guys are metaverse guys, are you? Yes and no. Good question. I, I I own some metaverse. I have NFT worlds. I also have Eartha. I don't know what that means. Someone said I should just get some. So I, I, I picked it up and I kind of earned what I learned. Uh, but yeah, meta, metaverse is, uh, you know, it's kind of funny because Facebook is rebranding as meta. And most people that are not educated think that Facebook's the metaverse and it's not. It's just rebranding to meta, probably to appeal to all those uneducated people that think that Facebook might be the metaverse. But uh, metaverse is almost like a virtual land that's on the blockchain. I own a couple lots here and there. On uh... You lost me at the blockchain. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? You're, you're talking to an idiot yeah. who thought the metaverse was on Facebook. So... What metaverse means is something that is somewhere else. So guess what? We're in the metaverse right now. When you're on a cell phone, you're in the metaverse. When you're on Facebook, you're in the metaverse. It's just another term. It's a really great buzzword. It's a really good way to get people to get grab into projects. It's another platform. It's like a gaming platform. It started out that way. So they have something called Sandbox, the Central Land, NFT Worlds. I have some of that. It's great. But it's 
I've been into the metaverse, like the real metaverse, what they call an NFT space. And I mean, I bumped into the walls with Carol Baskin. It was not that fun. Yeah, the, 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 the real definition, if you look it up in the dictionary, is a virtual reality space in which users can interact with computer-generated environment and users. That That's pretty much what it is. Like what So you just Mark Zuckerberg said. does not own it. It is shared amongst everyone, right? That's right. That's right. Absolutely. I'm kind yeah. of with you, Joe, last week. It's like, if Zuckerberg, if you want to make this, like, go do it. Don't make us like, make us this our reality. <laughs> right? Yeah. Do That's your weird old thing that. and keep it on your metaverse, and I'll keep my meta here. Yeah. We're good. One of the things I actually did like about the metaverse, if you were into NFTs, they have – it's basically you can go to a digital art museum and buy NFTs in the metaverse. I think that's kind of cool. But yes, but you could also go to OpenSea and buy digital artwork there, and that's still the metaverse. Right. Can yeah. you explain to people that don't understand what OpenSea is? OpenSea is a platform where you can purchase uh, Ethereum, most some most of the Ethereum, but there's some other platforms, NFTs. So it would be like uh, eBay. If you're going to go shop for things that on eBay or Amazon or that, so NFTs are on platforms. So you've got like uh, OpenSea is used for, I use it mainly for, you know, Ethereum. You've got Solonart for Solano platforms. You've got several others for different. I find Ethereum to be the best one and that's mainly OpenSea. It's the only one that you can use for OpenSea that makes sense. All right. So when they say NFT is on the blockchain, it's on the Ethereum network, right? Correct. It's ERC-721. That's my contract on my project for Apocalyptic Apes. We got to remember when we're talking about this, we really have to dumb this down because it's so <laughs> new. I mean, even Bitcoin's been around for, what, 11 or 12 years, and a majority of the people don't understand it. And NFTs is, what, a year or two? Well, yeah, probably. I mean, 2017 is when you had the big stuff that popped out, like CryptoPunks and stuff. That's like, yeah. that was one of the first NFTs. But it's pretty simple. I just think of it as a where to go buy an NFT. Where do you go buy it? You would go to OpenSea. That is the platform that's used by everybody. They trade billions and billions of NFT, makes billions and billions of dollars. All right, so Joe pulled up the Apocalyptic Apes website here. So this shows different apes. Now, what's the difference between one that costs, say, point? two ETH, and then there was one that was over 100 ETH. What's the difference? Uh, well, there's different collections. There's different rarities. There's different traits. Uh, what you're looking at is you're you're actually looking at OpenSea right now. Mm -hmm. With scro Basically, scrolling through the apes. Right. So those are those. that's my collection. So they all have different prices. They all have different rarities. They all have different properties. So if you see one with like goggles or you see one with a sword or you see one with its blue face, or a ruby or a gold. I mean, there's there's a whole website called rarity.tools where you can go and you actually can see the properties and the rarities. And believe it or not, Hugh is probably more knowledgeable on the rarities of my project than I am. Yeah, if you go to the left side and you scroll down under chains and on sale, go to body, click on body, and then scroll down in there to the lesser numbers. Now, the ones with the lesser numbers are the most rare. So if you click on the skeleton, those are going to be more expensive because there's less of them. So you can, you know, a lot of people, a lot of these people don't even have it for sale uh, because yeah. it, it's the higher rarity one. But click on the crystal and the eye banana over to the left in the properties. Crystal would be a good one or eye banana. And um, what you want to do is scroll up on the left hand side to buy now. Go up and click on buy now. And then you'll see the ones that are for sale. And so that one there is 2.2 .2 ETH. That's a crystal. 
These are kind of almost like a metallic crystal-like blue. And these are, people love these. We actually have a, we have a little chat group called the Crystal Gang. And it's all the crystal apes and we all interact with each other. And we share alpha, which stands for a lot of gold nuggets in the NFT industry. So a bunch of us crystal apes, we all get together and we do meetings and talk and kind of chat with each other. But this is the crystal uh, apocalyptic ape. And this is something totally separate from AMC apes, right? This is something totally your own. This is this is my collection. It's called Apocalyptic Apes. Yeah, these are not these aren't bored apes. These are apocalyptic apes. Now here's interesting. Oh, so my yeah, yeah. my profile picture that you guys are looking at that's a bored ape wearing an apocalyptic ape hat. Right. So just so people understand, if you, by the way, if you're listening, pop over to YouTube so you can see the visuals. But Joe, just so you get an idea, see like that one with the cowboy hat. Yep. So that's what. What does it say? Eight point eight eight. So, so you're looking at about 20 grand for that one. You figure ETH is about 2.5K right now. What? It's crazy. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And the more you go down, it looks like these are going up. Now, who draws these? I have an artist on this. His name's Hattie the Creator. Everything's done by hand. Every every little item on, on every ape was something that he created. I worked on a little bit with him, some ideas. But his his big thing is Apocalypse. That's his art. That's his art style. That's his creativity. Yeah, so Joe, when you're getting you're getting up to twelve ETHs now, fourteen, we're looking at over thirty K for a picture. And but, I, I think people should have an open mind going into this because it is kind of a lot to take if you don't understand. Click on one of these and enlarge them so you, yeah. you can see the detail on one of these images. If you can enlarge it, that would be cool. Because uh, but, you'll see the detail. While you yeah. guys at this, let me help you with something. So I have a really good friend of mine who was an artist for twenty something years. The most money he's ever made was Forty, sixty, eighty thousand dollars in a year, and he sold a lot of art. And for him to sell a picture, he would have to take it, put it in his car, take it to a place that would sell it, find an agent. They would take a percentage. Sometimes it might get damaged in his car; it gets scratched. It was a lot of work. Then sometimes they may call him in six months, say, "You know what? Your art didn't sell." The interesting thing about NFTs and the artwork here, you could liquidate a picture in a matter of seconds by by putting it at a proper price. So. I, for instance, like if you look at the board ape on my profile picture right now, the floor on the board apes is roughly, I think 90 Ethereums or 92. I haven't looked at it today. So if I put it at the floor price, it's a 91 or 92, even with my rarity, I could liquidate that immediately. So, so NFT art is much easier to sell than physical art. Wow. That's great for the artists. Yeah. That's what people don't realize how much opportunity an artist gets in this world. I mean, this, so this guy's made four, four to $5 million on one collection. It's something he would have never, ever made doing what he was doing in the real physical world. Right. And yeah, he's I have making a, it yeah. now while he's alive and not, you know, regular art, most of them make their money when they're dead. So this is fabulous. And, and it, exactly. And, and remember one other thing, not only that, but people do this out of their house. They don't drive. There's less gas. They don't go to yeah. office. You don't need secretaries. So yes, a lot of people say their ceased contracts take electricity, but think of all the money that's being saved on office spaces and how much time people get to spend with their families like myself. So it's it's a really unique situation. Nobody really looks at this side of it. Yeah, now I have one friend that's an unbelievable artist. He's the best artist I've ever seen, but he just does it for fun. How could he get in on something like this? Very simple. He has to be open to it. Most artists are not open to it yet. But the ones that have transitioned have done really, 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 really well. 
Yeah, I, I do see. Yeah, there's definitely nothing like this. I mean, and probably most artists, like I said, do it as a hobby or something because they probably find it hard to get work doing it. But something like this, like what an opportunity. They're scared of it. I, I Okay, so before I found this artist, um, I'm Russian. I, I, speak, I speak Russian. And, uh, well, I should say Ukrainian because we're in trouble. Uh, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I called a lot of people in my country and, and I call a lot of artists. I try to find somebody to work with me. And a lot of the good artists and great ones I found, they're not open to NFTs. They don't know how, they don't know how to randomize. They're just not open to it. So I think your our minds have to be open to be able to accept this. Just like when somebody, you know, first told me about Bitcoin, I thought they're out of their mind. So just for clarification, an NFT is a digital certificate of authenticity for a digital asset. Is that so, what I'm understanding? So it's a non-fungible token. And like the one we're looking at right here, you know, the blue one with the, the ruby one with the, actually that that's, what color is this one to you? This is the, the blue one with the hat. I don't even know what all this items It's called are. crystal. Yeah, crystal. Okay, so and, the crystal. Yeah. Okay, so if I bought that one, okay, I that is mine. Nobody can use it. Nobody could do anything with it. I also have the IP rights to it. So I could actually start a collection. I can do things. The only thing that I cannot do is call it Apocalyptic Apes because that's my collection. Well, I could call it that, but I'm saying if you bought it. So if right. you buy an NFT, it's there's not another one like that with that address that could be reproduced. That's the only one of its kind. If you go down below the picture that's not enlarged, you'll see properties. And then you can see all the different properties that are in this piece of art. So uh, click on click on that one. Yeah, click on that one right there. And then, and then go down below the picture where it says properties on the left-hand side. And you'll see that this has a biohazard in the background. It's got a crossbow. It's got a crystal. So you could click on the crossbow and then you could click buy now and sort all the crossbows in the collection if you really are in love. Go to buy now on the left-hand side and you want a crossbow, it's going to show you what the floor is on the ones with the crossbow, right? Like maybe you can get the lowest one for 0.4, but go yep. scroll down. There's 0 0.4, 0 0.5. So there's maybe three before it hits one ETH. So like if you grab the crossbow, the fact that the floor is very thin, you would know that like, oh, if I grab one of these crossbows and the average is above an ETH, that's maybe a good one for me to snag or snipe. They call it sniping. Right. All right. So... Say I bought say I bought that crossbow one. Now will it still be on this open sea for like the price and stuff, or does it come off because I own it? You you still be there, you would get offers on it, but you could yep. sell it, you could trade it, you could swap it, you could do whatever you want. It always stays in your wallet, which is a MetaMask wallet, and it also stays on open sea. So you could buy it for one and then six months later you could go on this site and you could see the floor is four or something. Well, you don't have to wait that long. I'll give you an example. So <laughs> when I minted, we sold that on Christmas morning. Our price is 0 0.07. And then the first week of our collection, we hit a 1.18 Ethereum. So I have a friend of mine who minted a whole bunch of them, cashed out about $100,000 uh, on my per collection, took half of it, bought another 20, cashed out another $40,000, just recently bought a house, called me up and said, thank you. <laughs> wow. So yeah, we're actually, what if we're, yeah. we're actually minting queens like these are the uh, I call them the OG or the Genesis, the apocalyptic apes. But if you have an ape, we have the minting coming up in a couple of weeks where you can mint yourself a queen ape. And uh, if you have an ape that allows you to get in on the mint uh, where you can actually get it. Uh, I think the target price is going to be like 0.07. But if 0.07 ETH goes to half the ETH, well, you can do the math. 
you know. Can you yeah. explain what minting is for our listeners? Yeah, I want to know that too. Yeah, so basically when when you when a collection first starts, it starts out as a mint. What a mint calls is an unreveal. So pretend you don't see these pictures and there's a curtain on it. So you basically have my head a collection of 8888. We had a mint button on the website. You click mint, you get a digital image, you don't see that image. It gets dropped into your MetaMask wallet, then it gets dropped, it goes through your MetaMask wallet into your OpenSea. And then for about two or three days, it just flashes like a little picture. Nobody knows what it is. So you can get a really rare one. You can get a common one. And that's how you're able to really maximize on a mint price for like 0.07 versus when the collection's already out, you would have to pay a lot of money for that. So to give you an example, Hugh just bought one yesterday for I think 1.1 or 2 Ethereum. If he would have minted that, he would have only paid 0.07, which is roughly was three to $400 at the time. So basically it's like an unrevealed collection that you're able to purchase. So when you started- Does that make sense? It does to me, do you Jedi? Yes, yes. When you started this, how do you make it so people can even find it? How did you know you weren't gonna create this and no one would ever see it? How do you get it out there? Oh, that's a great question. So you have to know what you're doing. Yeah, you have to create a community, you have to create momentum, you have to get good at social media, you have to go on Twitter spaces, you have to go on Clubhouse, Facebook, TikTok, what any social platform where you can gain momentum. I personally would not launch my project unless I have about 20,000 people in my Discord. So I think we launched at around 17 to 20,000 people in my Discord. Also, there's a such things called bots that you get from giveaways and so on. So we got rid of probably 10 or 15,000 bots out of my discord. So there, there's quite a lot of work that goes into this process. It's not just have some pretty pictures, put them out there and people buy. It doesn't work like that. Now, when we talked to Hugh last time, you had um, some type of snowboard or something. Do you, do you get something tangible from some of these or only sometimes? Do you remember that thing you had there, Hugh? Oh, yeah. I got a skateboard from skateboard. one of the collections. I won like a giveaway and they did a skateboard with the actual NFT on the skateboard. We actually have we have some merch for Apocalyptic Apes. Like we have snapbacks. There are actually some Apocalyptic Apes that have snapbacks. I sent you one that's pink. I think you could have that picture. But if you can get an NFT with the merch, you know, a lot of times then the collection will sell the merch. So we have a lot of people ordering that snapback with the Apocalyptic Ape logo because it's cool. Yeah. So there's different things that we can tie into the branding with the project because, hey, if you got a great Apocalyptic Ape, some people want to wear it. You know what I mean? They're like, hey, this is my, right. ape. you know, this is mine. Oh, yeah. that That's when things can take off when you start getting people buying merch. Now, how are you involved in this, Hugh? Are you just a collector or are you... I'm just a collector. You know, I, I unfortunately, I didn't get in on the mint, but I had some people in another NFT community, almost like a little family. And they said, hey, have you checked out the apocalyptic apes? And then when I saw it, I was like, oh, I don't have any apes. I heard about the Board Ape Yacht Club. And then when I saw the apocalyptic apes, I was like, oh, wow, this art is really cool. This looks better than the Board Ape Yacht Club. I really love the art. And I, I started with one or two. And then I I just kept getting more. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, he's a lot more. He's a lot more than an investor. He's actually become a really good friend, and he's also probably going to join the team any day if he hasn't. Yeah. He's a really great person. Yeah, that's great. Um, Hugh, you have your hands in a lot. I think a lot of different things. <laughs> seems like he was dope. 
Yeah. You know what? You know what's kind of crazy? I'm a little intuitive. I mean, I don't know if you want to call me, you know, if I, you guys are in a conspiracy of mental kind of vision in the future. But uh, this week with what was happening with Russia and the Ukraine, and then people in the community are like, oh, the reason why NFTs are going up is people are trying to take their money out of the market and put it into something else. We're, we're seeing a lot of the NFTs go up right now while the market's going down. There's like these trends that happen. Sometimes you don't even know you're in one of those trends. But over the last couple of months, I started purchasing a lot more NFTs. And then I was like, oh, wow, I could see how like somebody with money might want to take their money out of the system and put it into something a little bit more liquid where they could transfer to wallets and stuff like that. And I got involved in this NFT community and I was like, wow, these are like people that it's almost like a mastermind group. You know, when I'm in this crystal gang or the Ruby gang or the snapback gang, we're like a bunch of comrades, you know, just all like, hey, did you check this out? Did you check that out? It's really cool because sometimes when you go to talk to your own friends, they're like, what are you talking about? Like, and yeah. NF what? And what? what? What'd, you, what'd, you call, <laughs> what'd you call me an NF? You know, like, I'm like, no, no, no. It's an NFT, right? Yeah. Um, and, and so it's kind of cool when you can, it's kind of like playing golf, I guess, you know, if you're playing golf and you guys all love golf, you're like, Hey, check out this putter. You know, I'm yeah. just like, Hey, yeah. check out these properties. You know, they're pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's fun. It's almost like a gamified version of, uh, you know, digital currency, but, uh, attached to art and a community and utility, like with this project, the thing that I, heard about it was like, oh, they're going to go to staking where you actually earn tokens on the art and then breeding where they're going to breed the apes with queen apes where you get baby apes. And I'm like, oh how does that gosh. work? <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe can, yeah. Tell us more about that. Yeah. So maybe bring up the picture of the baby in the crib with the two apes. That That's a pretty cool picture, the red one. But um, Fiddy, do you want to tell them a little bit about your genealogist and your... Yeah your your dev team yeah so i have an amazing dev team my, my devs are just unbelievable so what we're going to be doing so if you bought an apocalyptic apes you'll have a chance to mint or purchase an apocalyptic queen sometime in march so what you're looking at is a picture of the apocalyptic queens and the apocalyptic apes getting to know each other and shortly you know after they get to know each other maybe go out for a vacation some dinner maybe pedicures whatever they're going to make <laughs> babies and yeah. the way those babies are going to look is going to be pretty unique because our first collection is a derivative collection of the board apocalypse with apocalypse capes the second collection with the apocalypse queens is a complete unique art collection which is pretty amazing and we've only previewed about three or four of them so i've personally been working with a genealogist the genealogist is somebody who determines what the baby can look like the sex of the baby what type of baby now all of our babies are not going to be boys or girls they're going to be baby apes in today's world, we don't do we don't do we don't do boys or girls anymore. We're not allowed to do that. It's a it's a no no. So we stay with baby apes, and our baby apes are going to be super cool, super dope. If you see the one you have right there, he's got an Ethereum ring on his toe or his finger. I can't even tell which picture you're looking at. Some of them are going to have different colors. They're going to have the scorpions on the head. They're going to have different just just different properties because based on what their mom and dad looks like. So you're looking at two ruby parents, which is interesting. That's why you're seeing the baby being ruby. But let's say the dad's gold and the mom is going to be there, our pink, a pink mom. Well, what is that going to look like? Well, that's what the genealogy is going to come out with. And I've seen about probably five or seven photos and they are super 
cool. I mean, I can't even tell you how amazing that is. The art alone, like if you blow up this art and put it on a wall, I mean, it's just unbelievable. The colors and the way they take shapes and form, it's, it's unbelievable. So once you own it, that is possible to blow it up and put it on the wall? Absolutely. As a matter of fact, we have a merch store where you can order it and do that. We have coffee mugs we can get now, t-shirts, hat, hoodies, and I am in the middle of doing something really, really cool. We're going to have coffee with our apocalyptic coffee that's going to be sent to you. We're also working with a framer who you just send a digital image to with high resolution, and he'll send you either a poster or you'll be able to choose your own frame and have framed art delivered to your house with the scan and the number of your rate right on the back or on the front of the picture. See, see, I think that's the coolest thing. I, I like getting something that you can touch and put on your wall with your NFT. Oh, and real quick, we were talking about you. Did you say you are Russian or Ukrainian? I am. Well, I was born in Odessa, which is Ukraine, but it's never been an issue in the past about Ukraine, Russia, all this other stuff. This is very new. Because what I was going to say, Joe, if the Russians are coming to your house to, to kind of take over, you'd rather have a whole bunch of NFTs than some money or gold or anything. I got to tell you, to, to hear that and to think that people in Ukraine might be putting their money in these markets makes me feel a little bit better, you know, that there are avenues. I know there were, say there were huge lines at ATMs and stuff, and I feel horrible about all the way that's going down, but I'm glad that there's people that know about this option that'll be able to put their money into this and, and then uh, be in better shape on the other side. Well, let me ask you a scary, crazy, cool question. If something were to go down, okay, would you rather have your money in the bank or would you rather have it in cryptocurrency where you could be moved around all over the world, wherever you go, or an NFT that I, I could send you my NFT in a matter of 30 seconds, you can cash it out in 40 seconds and you can forward that money to your bank or, or to somebody you know, and that could be liquidated. Can you do that? that. With, can you do that with cash? No. no. So just, just what's under my mattress. So <laughs> look at my board app, my board ape. It's worth anywhere between three to five hundred thousand dollars to one that on my PFP that you're talking to me on. That's a that's a real board ape, and that's number forty four eighty seven. I have two board apes. I have about five, four or five mutant apes. I have two board ape dogs, and the the, the cheapest mutant I have, I think, somewhere between forty and sixty thousand dollars. And if I put that on the open sea floor right now, it'd be liquidated into into Ethereum and I could transfer that money to my bank and I would have it in my checking account, on my credit cards, wherever I wanted to, without every touching that money. Yeah, that's amazing. Now, how you said that you need a big following to get started, pull up the uh, Barstool Sports NFT. One day they were kind of screwing around on Barstool. They said, we're going to throw up this NFT, just a picture of Dave Portnoy. I, I don't really follow Barstool, but another guy and it sold in like an hour for like 138,000. I, I love Barstool. We actually, one of my guys, uh, as a matter of fact, um, you know, who was just on Barstool sports is Kimbo. Oh, Kimbo slice junior. That's Kimbo's son who is a good friend of mine. He was just on Barstool. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. We were talking about that earlier. We unfortunately he couldn't come on tonight, but we definitely want to get him on at a later episode. Yeah. We watch UFC fights quite a bit. We're actually watching fights Saturday. You know what? Maybe we'll do one together. Yeah. Joe is a big, talk to Joe. Joe's a big uh, UFC guy. I'll give you his info, MMA or whatever. Well, I, I haven't missed a fight since I got into it when uh, about five years ago. I, I watched every prelim, every fight. I went to the Cowboy McGregor fight in, in Vegas. That was the last fight I went to, but I am going to uh, New Jersey with Kimbo. He's fighting The Bachelor in uh, March. I saw that. And, they, and they're boxing. Is that right? It's a celebrity fight, so nobody's going to get hurt. 
That's, un- <laughs> that's unfortunate. That's the unfortunate <laughs> side of celebrity boxing. It's really not because Kimbo's such a good person and a smart guy. He doesn't want to get hit in the face. He really just don't want to, doesn't want to get hurt. I've, I got to know a lot of UFC fighters, and they're not okay. <laughs> Fiddy, I was more concerned about the bachelor guy. Oh, I'm, I'm figuring yeah. that guy's that's that can't be good for that guy. No, but he is. Yeah. He is. We are talking about doing a bare knuckle fight. He does want to put one on. Oh, well. So, so Fiddy, our show, we talk about crimes, we talk about conspiracies, and we just talk about oddities and weird stuff. Do you have any type of conspiracies in the NFT or crypto market? Well, I mean, the whole con- the whole crypto market is based on conspiracies. I mean, let's let's start with this Bitcoin. Um, do you guys know who started Bitcoin? I don't think Isn't anyone he anonymous. Does. Do you know his name? Shitoshi. Shitoshi. Yeah. Well, let's let's ask an interesting question. Elon Musk. Okay. We got uh, we got Bezos. we've got Bezos. We've got uh, Zuckerberg. How come they're not anonymous? How come this guy brings us the most valuable thing we've had in our life and he just decides to be anonymous and nobody's ever met him? And the only thing that really can create a Bitcoin is a CIA computer at that time. Mm. So let's do the math. Could this really be an anonymous guy or is he such a warm, fuzzy dude that he says, you know what, I'll just give you guys a world of Bitcoin, which will be worth more than anything it is in the world these days. And I'll just, you know, put a wallet for myself and disappear. And, you know, there's people say that he's his wallet is locked. He can't get into it. Nobody can access it. But I have yet to meet one person who has met him. Yeah, I know. Let's ask another question. Why is it that I could send a $2 million NFT to a friend of yours in Italy or Paris or London right now? But yet if I have to go to the bank and take out $9,000 cash, I have to sign my life away. We just talked about this like two weeks ago. Yeah. And, and another thing with our show, we tend to talk about things and they come up over and over. It's the weirdest thing. Joe, play what we talked about three weeks ago on a random episode. Like they, they, they put rules in. And so it's more about being a well-rounded fighter than it is about bashing someone's skull in. Right. You have to be um, well-versed in all kinds of MMA. Was the beginning of MMA like that guy? Was it Kimbo Slice? Funny you bring him up because he actually yeah. joined the MMA about 10 years ago for a short while um, because he brought that sort of stuff to video, to YouTube, and it became a huge hit. And one of the guys who used to fight in his backyard is Jorge Masvidal, Jedi. I don't know if you knew that or not. That's where no. he started fighting was at Kimbo Slice's backyard fights. There's a guy who literally is still in MMA, Todd, who used to be one of Kimbo's guys. But Hoist Gracie, uh, who basically developed Brazilian jiu-jitsu, he kind of invented it he or, or perfected it, you could even say. Uh, it was him going up in exhibitions initially against guys that were boxers and wrestlers to see what, what was better. And Brazilian jiu-jitsu would win every time, and it got to be yeah. – it was kind of stupid at first. It was like, oh, yeah, so the little skinny guy – MMA jiu-jitsu guy's going to win. All right, great. Uh, and then big guy started learning Brazilian jiu-jitsu. So, yeah, you can tell Kimbo, Joe knows his stuff on, on that subject. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> you, well, funny, you know, not to mention, uh, Dana White hated Kimbo Slice and was like, he'll never fight in the UFC. And then, of course, he joined the UFC. <laughs> you know what? Watching Kimbo Slice uh, when I was younger on YouTube, Joe, he was born in 1974. Wouldn't you have always thought he was an older guy? Yes. 
Yeah, isn't that strange? Yeah, he was only 42 when he died. Yeah, it's crazy. He died of an enlarged heart. I talked to Kimbo quite about this, his son. It's quite freaky. That's what it was, an enlarged heart? Yeah, it's quite freaky. But I don't know if you guys knew this, but Kimbo's one of nine children. I did not oh. know that. Wow. He had a big family. And Billy Blanks, who I actually work out with also quite a bit. We watched the fight with, uh, we watched the UFC fight together. As a matter of fact, you guys have a picture of me and he just sent it over to me and Kimbo and Billy. And he's holding yeah. the phone up right there in his hand. That's me. That's my board ape. Um, <laughs> yeah. Before I doxed myself, now I'm fully doxed. Uh, my name's Bill. Not a big deal anymore. So that's, that's uh, actually Billy. And Billy knew Kimbo really, really well. And they talked about his dad for a while. Yeah, that's crazy what you were saying earlier about I, – I thought Billy Blanks was like a hundred millionaire. I didn't know he got screwed over on a deal because Ty Bo, I mean, just think of like the licensing and everything, how much money you could make from creating something like that. Um, he, he ended up do, doing okay for himself, but he signed some really bad contracts and uh, you know he had some lawsuits and just you know he had some divorces. So he had some challenges in his life. Yeah, so I was just in Florida, and they had uh, the. I was watching the news, and they said a house in Tampa was sold as an NFT. What would that even mean? You can pretty much make anything into an NFT if you wanted to. I mean, it's just putting it on a contract. I mean, that's all it is. I mean, I can make you into an NFT if I wanted to, and just put you on a Ethereum contract and you know sell you. Why not? But <laughs> at the end of the day, people are people are going to get strange with this. Some work, some doesn't. Some it's going to be done for legitimately good reasons somebody's going to be done some some weird funky reasons to create hyper utility of some sort or some scammy way to cheat the government who knows how can Did you, you tell yeah. what's a good nft because there's so many it's easy for me because it's what i do and my best answer for that is okay you can have the most beautiful picture now there's two different things in nfts you have what's called real art that sells one of one pieces where you're just buying it because you enjoy the art and that's all you're going to do uh, and some people are just huge art lovers and they like having digital pictures. Me personally, it, that is not my own thing. And then some people, what they do is they go on into collections like Mike Apocalyptic Apes, where they buy for a value to create a value so they can actually make money and have you know cash flow or, or flip it or hold it. So there's a lot of blue chip type nfts in in my area where you have the board apes you have the cool cats you have the doodles um just recently nft worlds has really come up something me and you are involved with. you've got decentraland you've got sandbox which is meta world meta uh it's 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 the whole metaverse world and spaces so people are spending a hundred thousand two hundred thousand three hundred thousand and more to buy land in the metaverse and if you buy land in the right place it's like in the physical world that will be like prime location i'm not 100 percent sold on this whole land issue yet but i do have a feeling it's going to be a part of our future that to me is hard to understand buying virtual plots of land that's kind well, of a stretch for me for some reason. It, well, let me give you an ex explanation. So let's say Christie's bought a museum in the metaverse and you wanted to start a NFT project and have an NFT gallery. Wouldn't you want to put your your gallery right by Christie's or right by Board Ape Yacht Club or right by the Doodles or right by something that's really good rather than putting in a location where nobody will see it? Yeah, definitely. So it's the same concept as we have here. The only concept is it's very gamified. That's why it's hard for us to understand that right now. 
Now to switch it up real quick, because Joe, I want to talk about this with you on another show or something. But when Fiddy just said like you get a one of one, and I was talking to you about those new box breaks with baseball cards, which is yep. the most insane thing ever. See, when we were kids, you'd buy a pack of cards for a couple bucks, and there'd be twenty cards. But if you got a Barry Bonds rookie, there was probably five hundred thousand of them made. Now you buy a box of baseball cards, uh, football, whatever basketball cards. It costs two thousand dollars for this like one particular name brand and there's six cards in it but they're like one of one one of three one of ten and they're worth so much money because they're so limited which i think is kind of where all the value is in the nfts and cards now well it's interesting what you're saying because a mint is very simple to explain now that you just said that it's basically buying a box of baseball cards you don't know what you're going to get. You're going to buy a pack. You're going to have Babe Ruth in there, or you're going to have Bo Jackson, whoever your baseball baseball player you like is. That's exactly what a mint is. So I could have explained it that way. Yeah. <laughs> <So> that's, <easy. laughs> that's what it is. You're going to go into collection. You're going to buy, and then you hope to get that rookie card or that best NFT. Right, and no one else can have that one, unlike exactly. back in the day a million people had. I have a giant box of rookie cards here, hundreds of them. If you would have just explained it like that, like an hour ago, <laughs> who knew? <laughs> now I'm with you. Got it. Okay. So the reason I don't, NFT people are not sports people. And I'm so happy. See, I'm a sports person. I have a huge collection. I have Michael Jordan rookie cards. I've got yeah. Steve Yeager. I've got Steve Garvey. I know everything about baseball and football and basketball. Yeah. I'm a huge sports fan. But when you talk to sports people and you say like, and you tell them, hey, there's a guy like LeBron James or like, or you tell them about, you know, some collector in the NFT world, they'll like, they'll know that guy over LeBron James. Wow. They watch NFTs. They look at OpenSea and they check their MetaMask. <laughs> That's cool. Now, did you guys see the guy that blew up the Lambo for the NFTs? Yes. Again, that's a gimmick of some sort. Yeah, so the guy, a guy blew up a Lamborghini because he said he could make more of the NFTs, and he took 999 pictures, uh, or or was it, I don't know if it was videos or pictures, Jedi, and he's selling them as NFTs. Hmm. <laughs> I, I mean, hope this guy makes his money back. <laughs> <laughs> and why? Look, you can, you can find weirdness in the real world. Like, I mean, if you want to talk about weirdness, not NFTs, let's talk about the show Jackass, where these guys would just go into a shopping cart and push each other into the wall as hard as they can and see who breaks their leg and how cool that is. So yeah. you've got jackasses in every port, in every portion <laughs> of That's true. <laughs> so. Now, what is it about apes? I've seen at least three companies now that have NFTs related to apes. So the first company that the first project that started apes was the Board Ape Yacht Club. Maybe it wasn't the first, but it's the first successful one where it's become a club. So a lot of people look at NFTs and they say, okay, why would I spend this much money on a digital picture? And I was one of those people. But you're not. You're access, you have access to a community, you have access to money-making opportunity. A few weeks ago, I was in the Board Ape Yacht Club uh, room and I got involved with a project. This project paid me money to do something with them. Um, I have another token that I got involved with. I made money on that token. I'm having dinner uh, tomorrow night with a few of my friends, Nikki Diamonds and my friend Steve, and I just got into another project with them that's going to take take us to a whole nother level. It's a gamify project just for my entrance into the Board Ape Yacht Club. That's cool. What else do you got, Jedi? Or do you have anything else you want to... Oh, actually, I do. I have nothing I want to ask. I heard you can have um, music MM NFTs now. Music ones? What is that all about? How does that work? 
well, that's really interesting because I actually have that. <laughs> so oh. uh, what I've done is I've put a song with a company called Mutiny Recordings, and I've basically um, have Mutiny Recordings there. They, that's what they do. They do licensing. They do rights, streams. They basically represent the artist. So we basically take in music and we've made it into an NFT and we share the profits with the musician, the artist. So I'll give you an example. Let's let's say a song makes $100,000. Well, 45% will go to the artist, 45% will go to the person who has that NFT, and then 10% goes to Mutiny Recordings uh, because they're doing the contractual work, the licensing, everything else. But there's another new way we're doing it where we're actually adding it to the entire collection and anything that collection gets from those um, songs, we can use it to buy up NFTs, we could do it for donations, we can fund your show if we want to, we could hire marketing. So it's just another way to incentivize it. But the coolest way for you guys to look at this is if you're an artist today, how do you expose yourself? Well, you've got to go on tour, you've got to make CDs or records or whatever it is they're doing these days. I'm not a musician anymore. Never have been actually, but I worked in music. But now you're walking into a platform, you in like in a, in a Twitter space or a clubhouse room or or an Instagram or an NFT space where people are all into NFTs and they hear you, they like your music. Guess what? They can knit your song, they can play it, they can use it in their projects. So if you guys took a song that I have right now, which is called Legends Never Die, it's pretty awesome. They, it was just featured in Mark Wahlberg's movie, and you wanted to use it for your show, and your show is seen by let's say hundreds of millions of dollars, hundreds of millions of people. Well, that song is going to get instant recognition because you guys are playing it. Was that in the movie Uncharted? I just saw that the other day. Uh, so that I that is in a movie with Mark Wahlberg. Has he seen that movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you see that song, Legends Never Die? Well, I don't remember, but I'm sure it might have been in there. It's so funny because I, I, okay, so I don't even know the name of the movie. I just know the song and I know Mark, Mark Wahlberg is in it because I've been so busy with my project. I, have, I haven't seen a movie. I haven't seen a TV show. The only thing I do is I watch UFC. That's it. And I, I missed last week's Bellator fights. A joke could probably uh, fill you in. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm watching, I'm watching it. Like, no, I just... watch it every night, like since then. <laughs> I, I, I love watching, like, ES. I like to go to my ESPN and just watch the stuff I haven't seen. Yeah, one of the things that Fiddy and the Apocalyptic Apes is doing, and, and Fiddy could talk about it a little bit more, is um, he's partnered up with, like, a uh, a label. And they're actually buying out the contracts of musicians where the musicians can't make as much as they possibly could uh, because of a bad contract and able to give those artists like another platform for them to make money on. Maybe you could talk a little bit about that, Fiddy. That's that's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah so I we got involved with a guy named Sammy, who Ariego is actually releasing his uh, project tonight. He's doing an NFT of a song called Metagirl. It's actually really cool. I will bring Sammy on the show for you guys and let him play. That's an awesome song. I think I sent you guys the Instagram video. Like if you want yeah, to play a little clip of it or whatever you can. Yeah, maybe it. you guys could play it at the end. It's really, really cool. What he does is in the whole thing is he's partnered up with Sony. Um, he's got a manager and they gave him a really bad deal, like a really bad deal. What we're going to start doing is helping some of these guys out and buying up their contracts so they can go ahead and actually, you know, start making money because his deal is so bad that they don't do anything for him. And he and he can't do anything by himself. So what happens is they're just kind of waiting for these guys to get successful on their own, piggyback off their success. 
So the studios don't have any interest in really helping these people. They just sign them under contracts. He happens to be super talented, lives in Nashville. So when we have guys like that and they have a 60 or $80,000 buyout, well, guess what? Our NFTs can buy those contracts and we can either release them, put them under our contract, have them work with us, whatever you want to do. It doesn't matter. But or just help people or just help them just because we want to. Yeah, when you first said that, I'm like, okay, now a lot of these people can finally make money because even on American Idol, if you win American Idol and all of a sudden they own you, you're not going to make much money. You probably need to find a different platform like this. 100%. Well, I'll, I'll tell you guys something interesting. So his his contract is so bad, and I've, I've had my attorney look at it. I've had uh, you know uh, studio people look at it, and I have a lot of friends in industry that it just doesn't make any sense. But here's the scary part about it. In America, we can get an attorney, we can fight this, but in other parts of the world, like I talked to a guy in Nigeria, he signed a contract where he's getting 10% and his manager's getting 90%. And in order, in order for him to get out, he has to pay this guy like $1,000. And if he doesn't, they'll probably kill him. So what we can do is we can help these people get out of these contracts. And it's, it's a win-win for everybody. I personally, on my project, we gave out a $25,000 donation to Team C's which is Mr. Beast Project, just, just to help the oceans. We also give, gave out a $70,000 mutant ape. It was a part of our project. If we sold that, we would just give that to a random winner. Um, he happened to be a really nice guy, works, works as a police officer at, at a local airport in California, Ontario. Um, so, and we plan on doing giveaways after giveaways after giveaways because we can't. I was talking about Mr. Beast to Jedi and Joe a couple weeks ago. I don't think you guys ever heard of him. He's going to be a billionaire soon, I think. He's 23 right now. Are you, are you talking about the YouTube guy, Mr. Beast? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw him at a conference. I went to a video summit with Daryl Eves, and he was one of the speakers there. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's impressive how he created that all on his own. He's 23 now. I think he was probably 13 or 14. Just started a YouTube channel. He made $54 million last year. Well, I'll tell you a, a really interesting thing. So we were looking to do a donation, and I have three little girls, like three, eight, nine, and I was sitting here with, with a couple of my teammates. We were thinking, should we do this one? Should we do this one? Should we do this one? Nobody could really figure out where we should go. And my daughter comes in, and she says, Daddy, why don't you give it to Mr. Beast? One dollar, <laughs> please, one this and one that. And she gave me a whole yeah. lecture. We looked it up. He takes crypto. He's super fun. I watched him on YouTube. I follow him. And we've been in touch with his people. We're going to be doing another donation. And he's actually really good. And Team C's is amazing. And I can guarantee probably 100% goes straight to whatever charity. You know what I mean? He's not the type of person where they'd have all sorts of like upfront money taken out. 100%. And that's what made us comfortable about it. Because I let the community decide on where the money goes and how it goes. And, you know, we, we were very comfortable. Everybody was very comfortable because... I don't want to give money to a charity where, you know, somebody's driving a Mercedes because of that. I mean, not that I mind, but we do want to do good things for the world. That's great. I mean, even though NFTs are in the metaverse, you guys are doing stuff in real life for people. Well, we've also teamed up with a hemp company, which is really cool. And we're going to be one of the first companies to release uh, the first hemp tray. So what that means is when you go to the market and you buy your fish, you buy your seafood, you buy your chicken, there's a little tray that's made out of that disgusting plastic. Okay. They, they call it styrofoam. Well, there's paper in between that. And that paper is the only thing that saves you from toxins coming from that plastic into your meat, fish, or chicken, or steak, whatever it is you like to eat. So if you use a biogradable product like hemp or almond 
or seaweed. There's a lot of different projects you can use. It only costs our government four cents, but they don't want to spend it on us. They'll go to they'll go to war. They'll blow up a different country. Um, they're not going to do it. So guess what? We're doing it with our with our people. We've got our first sample. We're about to release through my partner Gold's Day Pump. We're also going to be replacing plastic bottles, not just straws. Because look, you go to Starbucks, they won't give you a plastic straw. You're going to have to suck your stupid drink with a with a paper straw, which is not fun for anybody. But they'll give you a plastic lid. They'll give you. They'll even give you a piece of plastic to put in your coffee so it can melt, so it can go right inside your stomach. Explain how that works. I recently had a paper straw for the first time. It was absolutely disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> it was awful. Let me just tell you something. There's a place over here we have when you go get a shake. I took I took my little girls to get a shake. Not only can you not suck it through the straw, but you have to take the straw out and flip it around because it doesn't work. And when yeah. it, it doesn't work, not only do you get paper in your mouth, but you get it all over your clothes. It's absolutely disgusting. So let me ask you something. Um, one of my one of my good buddies, he is the smartest person I know. He went to MIT. He can't. Whenever I bring up crypto or NFTs, he thinks it's like a joke. I texted him today. He's he wants to buy Airbnbs. That's his investment. He wants to buy Airbnbs and rent them out. So just to bust his balls, I said you're gonna buy some Airbnbs and I'm gonna buy some virtual BNBs. And he wrote <laughs> that won't last. He goes, that won't last forever. That will absolutely die just like crypto. So how do I get him to realize that just the world's changing and we need to somehow adapt to it? Really simple. So one of my partners that I'm having dinner with tomorrow night, he owns a ton of Airbnbs in Joshua Tree. That's where he lives. And he has got beautiful Airbnbs. I don't know if you've seen this, but they're absolutely like stunning. Like, And he's slowly getting out of the Airbnb business and getting into crypto and NFT. Why? Airbnbs are a lot of work. Why? There's regulation changes. There's money. There's taxes. There's problems. There's constantly hassles. And if your friend that, that tells you that it's all peach, it's all glory and marvelous and it's fun, I, I've got a really good friend of mine who's got an Airbnb. He has nothing but headaches. Yeah, he makes some money, but guess what? The people don't want to move out. They damaged it. The neighbors complain. The government changes laws. You can't rent in that area. So again, you're you're dealing with an asset that's that's being being controlled by our government and by our banks. So crypto is really on the blockchain. So the way to explain it is to sit down and talk to somebody who's got some smarts and wits that can he can he can you know leverage his money and not keep it all in one place. Because what happens if real estate crashes, which it could. When is the last time we've seen a chart go straight up like it has lately? Yeah, no, Jedi, what were you saying in Hawaii? Like a million dollars will get you like a shack? A shack, yes. A 20-year-old house that's probably 700 square feet. Yeah, so, it's kind of like mean, that in LA too. Yeah. Get a mailbox and uh, a 1,000 square feet with no parking and no backyard. That's crazy to see some of these apartments, what they go for, where you could have like a nice house for the same price. Your mortgage could be what you're like if you're living in like Manhattan or something, what is it probably thirty five hundred, four thousand dollars for an apartment? Yeah, listen, I, I live in an area in California where you know, an average house goes between four to seven million dollars. But Jeez. but let's 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 ask yourself a question. Okay, this this market, some of these homes are going for eight hundred thousand dollars, not too long ago, four hundred thousand or less. Uh, the market's been on a rise and since COVID. When is the last time you saw anything go straight up and not come back down? I know it has to. I'm in a situation where I'm dying to buy a house, but I hate paying for something way higher than it was like a year or two ago. If it's a chance that it's going to come right back down, you just seem like you're going to lose so much money. Well, I, you know, I, I, so in real life, I do real estate development. I buy, sell, 
property. That's just the business I'm, I was in. I mean, I still do. Um, but I will tell you, I've been predicting for the market to go down for the last three years, and I've been wrong every year. Hmm. <laughs> if that helps your answer, I don't know. <laughs> if you're planning on staying there for a long time, I wouldn't worry about it. If, yeah. you're, planning on make, if you're planning on making a profit, then you do have to try to time it. Right, right. Joe, what's the market like in Weathersfield, Connecticut? Uh, it's, it's robust. You know, there's the whole state of Connecticut, unfortunately has a serious inventory shortage problem. And so, uh, 58% of sales, uh, through the month of January and going probably since the beginning of the, uh, pandemic have sold for over asking price. Yeah. Houses yeah. in Connecticut, they're on the market for an hour, three hours a day, uh, multiple bids. It's, it's pretty bad. And obviously the prices are continuing to escalate. I'm looking at my notes here. I just realized when we were going to talk about Kimbo Slice, I'm still bitter and haven't watched boxing or MMA since the Sugar Ray Hagler fight. <laughs> do you remember that? I do. I, I, do. I was a huge Hagler because uh, Marvin Hagler grew up, uh, I don't know, 15 miles from where I live. So we're all Hagler people. When they ever gave that fight to, I was in elementary school, I think, or junior high. Interesting, because so I I just was talking to Mike Tyson's people. We just partnered up with a project. It's a, it's a hemp project that Tyson is on. So we're actually drawing a one of one rare NFT and apocalyptic ape for Tyson as we speak. And so we're we're trying to create a little thing. And Hagler, Hagler's name came up in a conversation I had with his, one of his people the other day. I want to ask a question. So can you commission your own ape? Like let's say if I wanted the artists to draw an ape with a flower in their ear yeah you could do whatever you want they say if you let's say you buy an apocalyptic ape that right. ape is you could do whatever you want with that ape as long as you don't call it apocalyptic ape now if you call me and say look i want to do something to help the apocalyptic work with you and you might even get permission to use the name too i have a guy in australia right now who is doing his gym and he asked me if he could put apocalyptic apes on all his weights and call it apocalyptic uh, apes in his gym. I said, absolutely you can. He's a friend of mine. Love the guy. Why not? Jedi, I'd be interested in getting on one of those like low priced apocalyptic apes just to like, <laughs> no, just to get our feet wet. You know what I mean? Yeah. That, that's the other question that I have. How do you determine the price of the NFT? Because I saw on the, the artwork, it varies, right? Well, I think that's something when we're done with the show, if you guys ask Q, he can take you through every little item and what you want. Now, personally, the way I pick my art is I like to vibe with it. I like to find something I like. I don't bother looking at rarities or properties or any of that stuff. I buy what makes sense to me. Like if you were looking at the board ape I have, that's a board ape. I bought that because I liked how clean it was. I liked the eyes. Kind of looks like me when I wake up in the morning. I'm ready to go. I did put an apocalyptic apes. One of my guys drew that for me. I just added it to it. It's just it's just a drawing. But I go with what I like aesthetically. Some people go through every little detail and you know of what's gonna make the money. So you have to pick which direction is right for you. So I think if you collect crypto, um, you have a whole bunch of different apps. I have crypto.com, uphold, all this stuff. Now, will there be a point where you can put like the apes like in your wallet or NFTs in your wallet, or is that just open C? I mean my open C is on my phone. You could carry it with you. You could take a picture of it. You could do whatever you want with it. You put you can on make your it wall. a screensaver. You can download it. Make it a screensaver yeah. on your phone. Yeah, I, I have people that have it on their on their Apple watches. Um, if you ever go through my Twitter feed, um, it's uh, 
um, it's Apocalyptic Apes. My personal one is Fitty E F I T Y E T H. You follow me on there, you'll see po- people post all kinds of things for me. They do Apple Watches, iPads, screensavers, cups, mugs, pictures. We just did an event for our Asian community. We have a huge Asian community in Taiwan and and Hong Kong. And I have a huge Australian community and the Asian community. We bought them dinner. I sent them money because of COVID. I didn't feel like safe to travel to Asia right now. But we did a huge event for them, and they made all kinds of stuff. They had badges and T-shirts and hats. They just they're able to come up with stuff and the stuff, the creativity they have is unreal. They made the ape. We have people tattooing apes on their legs and their arms. I have a guy who wants to, Kimbo is going to be too tattooing our face because <laughs> on his leg, I think, or his back. So basically, if you want to sell, like if you have, I don't know, the Mona Lisa or something, you have to go to Christie's, pay 20, 30% to sell it. So basically, if you have NFTs, it's just you get all the profit, right? Correct. But don't forget, some of these end up in Christie's. Really? Oh, that really? Oh, yeah. So some of these NFTs, there was one that sold last week, a CryptoPunk, and I don't remember the number. I can Google it, but I think it was like $12 million. So the advantage of Christie's would be like if you had a few rich guys that really wanted it going up against each other. I'm guessing that would be the advantage, right? I don't know that answer. Yeah. I think that if you get into Christie's, like actually, so Hugh's involved in a project that the artist was a crypt, had some art in a Christie's museum. So he did another project here where the he's involved with. And I think that the NFTs end up with Christie's because of specific artists. I really feel like it's not really yeah. our reputation of the artist from what he's done in the past. I haven't had that experience yet, but you know what? I feel like our art is good enough to get there. Yeah, that's someone I showed you before from CryptoPills because he had worked with, uh, he had been in graphic art for like, what do you call him, a video, a, v- a VJ? And uh, and his stuff has been in Christie's and I, I don't know the names of all the places, but he's had galleries, in different places where he's been recognized, you know, with with other art. So you can you can get in there. They can recognize it and put it as part of their you know, they they might have a certain, uh, you know, certain something that they're focused on for that section of the museum or whatever it may be. And they they want more contemporary stuff in there. I do like seeing when you have people like Mark Cuban, that that guy, Gary V, the motivational speaker that are into NFTs and they really believe in it. It kind of makes you feel better about getting into something like this when you're not sure about it. Well, I'll tell you an interesting thing I just had with Gary V. So we've been talking quite a bit. Somebody Some controversy. <laughs> somebody put a fake ad with a picture of my board ape and apocalyptic apes. I saw that. I, it, it was a planet yeah. ape or something, right? Yeah, Gary. It was my ape and Gary V's uh, face and on Instagram, Facebook. So the community's so strong. Somebody I know reached out to Gary and he DM'd me and said these people suck, and I said they do. And he and he apologized to my community because at first he thought maybe we were behind it. You know, he wasn't sure. And of course, we would never do something like that because those people are actually scamming people with a fake website. I don't want to want to say in the name of the website because somebody may click on it. But after he understood what he did, we t- we DM back and forth. Um, and you know, hopefully, I'll have a, a phone call with him one of these days. He apologized to the community. Told us our had he. Uh, artist is, is amazing if you have that tweet you can send it to him um, you. oh yeah uh, i was actually i was actually looking i was looking for the uh the actual ad on facebook where it says backed by gary v and it, it doesn't say apocalyptic ape i think it said like planet ape or something because i don't know what it said there's lots of scams going around and that's just because it is the wild west because you know this is DeFi. 
and Gary just showed some frustration. But after we explained it, and he 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 sent a nice tweet out to our artist, and he said, you know, something like Hattie, or please don't be blamed, or something something really nice. He said to Hattie, but he shouted us yeah. out. Twitter and Instagram and a couple other places, I think. And that was pretty awesome. And I think we'll, you know, I think we, he understood, he saw our community come together. I mean, in a matter of 20 minutes, we had a room set up that was by Hugh. I woke up into it. And in a matter of 45 minutes, I had somebody from like Gary V, the V friends, which is one of his projects in my DMs. One of my other friends called me. He's like, I have somebody. So within two hours, our community came together and helped us get rid of it, get rid of his negative, negative post put a positive post, get rid of a video and have a whole communication with Gary. Uh, Jedi, do you know who Gary V is? No, I don't. Gary Vinich. How would you describe him? Kind of like a, a newer, like Tony Robbins type guy? <laughs> no, he's raw. He likes sports. He wants to buy the jets. He, he see, he's really cool. He likes to throw the fuck word in there all the time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I like him. I think he's like, I think he, I, I wouldn't say Tony Robbins would say he was like he's like he's like really nft crypto guy he really is the trendsetter he's very raw and cool and real and i like listening to it because he's not he won't like sugarcoat stuff he'll just he'll just he just went on video with this fucking stuff and you know what it does sometimes and sometimes it's nice to hear that i'll check him out yeah check him out i think you guys would like watching him on youtube and i've been following and him and a few other people for a while all right, so Joe, I did send you something. You might want to. Oh, we can either post it later. You post it now. The tweet from Gary that Hugh sent me. Jedi, do you have any other questions about uh, apocalyptic apes or anything NFT? No, that's about it for now. Uh, anything else you want to tell us, Fiddy? So you can, like he said, Fiddy ETH on Twitter. Uh, what's the website for apocalyptic apes? Apocalypticapes.com. Okay, and uh, Hugh, do you need to promote anything or? No, I mean we have the you know we have the Queen Mint that's coming out so if people get an ape they can mint one queen if they get three apes they can mint two queens it's kind of a good chance to get in at a mint when it's happening but no and then we're going to be doing staking and uh i did send joe a link with uh sammy with metagirl and sammy's been in a lot of our spaces you know he owns apes but uh if you have it it's a really cool it's a really cool song if you want to play a little blurb of it um because a lot of people that are in the crypto space you know that whole joke of like being in the metaverse. Well, this right. is about this is about him meeting a meta girl, right? Oh yeah. And <laughs> and uh, but it's it, the song is amazing. If you play the little clip, I sent an Instagram clip with Sammy. It's really it's vibing. You know, it's really cool. And then people listen to it and they're like, I want to hear it again. Yeah, she burning my battery. Love what she do to me. Got smashed up behind a screen. Hottest thing around the blockchain. Can't believe that she my baby. Everybody thinks I'm crazy. Cause I don't wanna go back. Don't wanna go back. I love a meta girl inside the metaverse. She pulled me out of earth like this. She got me standing on my very Made her my one on one real quick. But did you? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, right. Really right. I like it. <laughs> and I don't understand anything people yeah. sing about nowadays. But it's anyway. so cool, right? Perfect. Yeah, yeah. Well, I love it. So let me tell you guys a cute story. So um, I was on a Twitter space. If you guys don't know Twitter spaces, it's like a live conversation. It's kind of like a clubhouse on Twitter spaces where you talk to people. And I saw this little PFP. PFP stands for a personal profile picture. 
case you guys didn't know that. And it was like a little blue thing and he was checkmarked. So usually people get checkmarked or, you know, they're done something. So we start, I brought him up on stage and I started talking to him like, what do you do? And he was the guy that was stuck in that bad contract with Sony. And we started talking and we started working together. Um, we become real friends in real life. Um, and that's Sammy. That's how I found him. That's how we started working together. He's part of our team. He's a part of our community. Believe it or not, last night it was in the metaverse dancing with him. Don't try to ask me <laughs> not to explain it, but I was wearing orange socks and blue overalls. That's funny. <laughs> but the best thing I could tell you guys uh, that would really help is when you guys have a little time when we're done here, talk to Hugh, let him sit with you or I can sit with you for a few minutes and just go through the process and take it easy. It doesn't have to be giant steps. I learned yeah. very slowly. I learned very patiently. I learned very calmly because going too fast will you make a mistake and you'll send money to the moon and i think elon's got plenty of it so days <laughs> it's a very new space this is aol dial-up this is bitcoin it was introduced to you at a penny don't let it fly by you open your eyes take the opportunity and breathe it in yeah like it can't hurt to just jump in slowly and spend not much money that you spend about as much money as you can afford to lose and just see what happens and watch it that's the way I look at it. Guys, I, I sold out a project, okay, on Christmas morning. I have close to 22, 23,000 followers on Twitter. I have people offering me 10, 20, 30, 40,000 to assist them with their projects. I don't do it. I just don't have time for it. Uh, in November, I didn't know how to use Twitter. I didn't. I had 56 followers. Um, <laughs> not a pro. I'm very new to this. So as, yeah. as much as you think I'm really experienced, I'm, we're all so new. We're all so early take a look at it yeah i, I definitely i definitely will are you gonna jedi yeah i think we'll be texting about this <laughs> i mean it's worth to take a shot like a few percent of your portfolio or something in nfts crypto all sorts of other things once you guys step into it you're not leaving <laughs> yeah uh hugh it kind of seems like when you buy a machine for mining you keep buying more i think it's probably the same <laughs> thing right yeah you know like you know, I'm a believer, like, like I used to swim long distance when I was in high school. And, uh, you know, you can study the water, you can look at the water, you can research the water, you just got to jump in the water, right? Because like, yeah, my, my, my mom, like, she's like, Oh, you used to swim since you were a baby, we just threw you in the water and you learned how to swim. And then I saw my two younger brothers, like with these, you know, the flotation devices, I'm like, what the hell yeah. are those? Right? Like, I never, I never had those when I was younger, right? So when you think about that, I think you can, you can analyze things to paralysis, right? And even, you know, in crypto, when I first got into crypto, it's like going down Alice in Wonderland down the rabbit hole. And and then you realize, you wait, you can stake an NFT and actually get tokens every day that you could cash yeah. out to Ethereum? Wait, I didn't even know that was possible, right? Like, I didn't know you could stake something and earn a percentage. Like, I thought the bank was like where you make a percentage, right? And like, I looked at crypto and I was like, wait, it would take me 20 years to make 20% on my money in the bank right. right now, right now, right? When I was growing up, maybe maybe a maybe a CD were getting like eight or 10%. That's like 30 years ago. Right now, you don't even get a percent, right? So yeah. you go into the crypto space and you're like, wait, how is it possible that I can make this percentage? Well, you're providing a, a utility like a liquidity pool. You're providing liquidity to something. And they're paying you a higher reward. That's what the bank does with your money. Their liquidity pool. They're not using their money. They're putting your money in the market, and they're giving you a teensy, teensy, tiny little hair of a hair of a hair. And they can 
write loans, they can do credit cards, they can do all this stuff. So when I first got into crypto, I was like, this is kind of crazy. Is this even possible? Like your mind doesn't even believe it because we've been conditioned not to, right? Right. And then, and then when you hear it, you're like, oh, there's got to be a catch to this. And then like pretty smart people out there right now, you know, Michael Saylor, some of these people, you know, they're really bullish on crypto. And um, yeah, it's pretty mind blowing this whole, but, but yeah, to answer your question, yeah, you get one NFT and then, you know, I got an NFT world and then I'm like, wait, play to earn, wait, NFT is connected to the 300 million people on Minecraft. Oh, that's an audience. Maybe I'll yeah. get one of those, you know, because it makes logical sense. Yeah, see, Jedi, what interests me is the breeding, because for once, I'd like to get on something like on the ground floor type thing instead of always catching on to things late. So right. like the breeding is that's brand new to the apocalyptic apes, right? Yeah. Breeding and staking. What's interesting, I've been working with CEOs. I've been working with bank managers and other people and getting information on staking and breeding is something we're going to introduce. The staking part is really interesting. Uh, so back in the 80s, you're able to put a million dollars in the bank and get 15% interest and pretty much live on that $150,000. Today, if you put a million dollars in the bank, you probably get, I don't know, 1% or less. And on that 1%, you probably have to pay taxes. And then by the time you pay taxes, you probably have to pay 10000 to your accountant. So you can't really do that anymore. So through NFTs and through staking, we're able to do the exact same thing that happened in the 80s and the 70s, where we can actually have a yield pay uh, pay you to hold your NFTs and stake them. Um, I, I'm, I've been mastering this and it's, it's going to go into full effect probably in March. So there's so much you're going to see and it's nothing new. It's all things that have been here, all things that have been done. It's just coming to a different space. Yeah, all right. This is cool. So um, we're going a little bit over here. So Jedi, um, you can send us off, but one more time. Thanks for coming on, guys. Fiddy Eth Thank on, you. yeah, Fiddy Eth on Twitter. Check out Apocalyptic Apes. This was really interesting, and uh, I definitely want to talk to Hugh about getting involved. We're gonna get Joe involved, though. I think. I know, right? I'll I see nothing in. wrong with diversifying your digital assets. Uh, if I could, is it was all about. All about understanding it. I have to understand it if I'm if I'm getting it. And I appreciate you guys really a lot. Um kind of dumbing it down and and really explaining it. This is very helpful. And I understand and I see definitely a usage uh for this. So yeah, Todd, I'm I'm looking to dip. Well I'll tell you, <laughs> right. be fun. I'll tell you it'd be really fun. Um so I have some great, great people and I have some I have like really smart ladies. If six ladies come on my team to do Queens, I would love to bring one or two of them on here and have them guide you through it and do a live show on how to buy an NFT and actually have you purchase one. That sounds that would like be awesome. Yeah, for yeah. sure. We just don't want to buy 111 ETH one. But let me just tell you something as crazy as you say that. Okay, so I chased my board ape, my first one from 24 Ethereums. I finally caught it at 49 Ethereums. And about three weeks ago, I called up and I bought one for, I think, 115, another one. And the first time I was really nervous and anxious. This time I was excited. I couldn't wait to get that thing in my wallet because now I understand what I'm doing. I get it. It makes sense. And by the way, I just had an offer of 212 Ethereum for that same board ape. Oh, oh my gosh. Every day you get offers. Like, like I can look in my open seat and people can throw you whatever they want to throw you. Sometimes it's less, sometimes it's more, but it's up to you what you want to take and what you don't. That's insane. I mean, can you come back with a counter offer? How does that work? Yeah, you can put counter, you can refuse it. You could do whatever you want. It's yours. 
This is so cool. You can just ignore yeah. it. Just ignore it and go, yeah. okay, people want to buy it. That's cool. It's it's like yeah. we're having a conversation. If I said to you, look, I really like your hat, dude. I want to pay you $100,000 for it. You could say, yeah, sure. Yeah. You could say, no, I want $110,000. Right. It's you could even call each other. You could say, "Give me your number. Let's talk about it." I I my I did a deal where I sent money. I sent close to three hundred fifty thousand dollars. I don't to a guy I don't know, and he sent me an ape. My God, we did a straight deal without open secret. Yeah. Wow! Congratulations on creating this, by the way. That that's yeah, that's pretty impressive. Such an exciting thing, now. Yeah, thank you guys. Appreciate it. Love yeah, you just kind of take you're taking like a leap, and you're just hoping this is gonna turn into something. I'm not hoping. No, I'm saying when you first started it. Oh, <laughs> I still didn't hope. I I, I, I did, did my research. I did the yeah. work. I put in the hours. I mean, I, I had Christmas at my desk by myself. I had dinner, Christmas dinner, Christmas breakfast. I watched my UFC at my desk. I pretty much do everything here. So it's, it's look, I haven't slept in probably a few months. So <laughs> you, guys, you guys want to hear an interesting fact? I just Googled this just to have you guys understand it. So. In 2021, collectors and traders spent $22 billion on NFTs, up from $100 million in 2020. Wow. $22 billion last That's year? Right. And, the, and in 2020, that was reported by The Guardian. And the data comes from DAP Radar, which is regularly offers traders reports and maintains the leaderboard of the top NFT sales. But yeah, $22 billion was spent on NFTs in 2021. That's pretty crazy, wow. right? Yeah. yeah, it is. Well, I'm going to give you guys something crazier. I don't even have to Google. The volume on OpenSea daily is, I don't, it's crazy. It's got to be in the hundreds and hundreds of millions. I think they do billions of dollars in volume um, a week. Wow. So just, just probably today, go, go, will you Google something real quick? He what? How much volume did OpenSea? And this is we're in a day where the war started. I'm curious to see that. OpenSea volume. Oh, you mean go into OpenSea and check it? Just you could probably just Google it. Uh, what the day before yesterday or today? Day before yesterday doesn't matter. OpenSea statistics, DAP radar, 24 hours. Mm -hmm. The volume was 87.5 million in the last 24 hours. Oh my goodness. Wow. Damn. And by the way, that's low because of that war thing problem. That's right? low. There was a dip. Normally, when I'm looking at if I look at February 21st, uh it was 105 million on oh. on February 21st. I'll send you the link. Pretty crazy. That's in, we're that's gonna, in 24 yeah. hours, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, right. That's, yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, think about a month. Like what right. is, what is that in a month? 100 million a day? Times yeah. thirty days. What is that? Uh, well, hundred million a day. So what? Three billion. Uh, hundred million. Wow. Ten is a billion. So yeah. a month would be three billion dollars. Yeah. So it's up since last year tremendously because you're looking at three billion. If that goes twelve months and it doesn't go up, you're looking at forty billion dollars this year. Easy. And we're not even and we're not even talking about the private deals that are being done every hour. Yeah, there's stuff that's not even being done on OpenSea. Or different platforms. Wow. Right. Or, or... Some people have their own brokers for NFTs. We have a guy who's got his own personal assistant that does trades and does deals with other people. There, there's yeah. also a company called MoonPay. So if you're Justin Bieber who just bought a um, he actually bought it from my buddy, bought a uh, board eight for five hundred Ethereums. 
And my boss called me up and he said, should I sell? I said, yes. <laughs> yeah. Get some peaches with it. Um, he sold it. And he, MoonPay is like a concierge service so that so that people don't know who gets it, who it's going to. Um, like like somebody like Snoop Dogg or Eminem, they, they all use MoonPay. You call them up and they, they tell them what you want, how much you want to spend. They'll find it for you and they'll hold it for you, insure it for you, do everything else. So it's kind of like, you know, a little concierge. That's awesome. So I'm going to have Joe pull up one more picture, then we'll wrap it up because it's getting to almost yeah. one o'clock yeah, here yeah, yeah. on the East Coast. Is that a fake thing right there, the Gary V? Is that your ape? No, I don't know. That's an ugly ape. That's not mine. Mine's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was one of the things that I keep seeing on Facebook backed by Gary V. So what they probably did is That's they probably, probably Photoshop. Yeah. yeah, they probably Photoshop your ape in there or something. Someone probably did that. Yeah, that probably is fake. All right. Yeah. So thanks for coming on, guys. And uh, Jedi, you, you want to take us out here? Sure. Thanks for having us. Thanks for checking in to Crimes, Conspiracies, and Beyond. The end is here, but not for NFTs. There's endless possibilities. Thank you to Bitty, ETH, and Hugh. Check him out on apocalyptic8s.com or at OpenSea. Aloha. Mahalo.